0: Heavenly Father, use the words that I speak for your glory. Amen. Amen. So this morning, our first reading starts with the word vanity, and so does my sermon. Vanity Fair magazine this month had an interesting article called The Gospel According to Prime Time." The Gospel According to Primetime. And it starts with an email with the subject line, Greatest Story Ever, from a very confident TV producer to MMNL, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, at fishersofmen.com, with a cc to john at revelator.com. And in that email, we read this, I ran into the head of scheduling and he says that from the buzz he's hearing, New Testament is a contender for a Sunday night slot at mid-season. So exciting. But with that in mind, my team has a few notes. You know, small stuff. We all love the premise. We love the premise. These are matters of tone and pacing, easy fixes. We want to know Do we need 12 apostles or can we cut them down to two? Peter and Judas. Can the wedding feast at Cana and the last supper be combined into one meal? Oh, and the leper needs a dog. And we've got to see more women taken in sin. And can we edit down that Lord's Prayer because daily bread seems like way too many carbs. And we just absolutely love the last episode. He is risen. What a cliffhanger. Does he rise again and go after Pontius Pilate? Okay, one bit of bad news. I did go back to the network, and they are adamant that Jesus cannot have a full beard. Heavy five o'clock shadow is fine. You win some, you lose some. I am so waiting for the Emmy Awards the gospel according to prime time. And some of us might have been regarding our prime time over the past two weeks in Cleveland and Philadelphia as our gospel according to prime time. But is that really what the gospel is all about? After all, if we believe that we've been raised with Christ, don't we need to look for the higher things, the higher goals, the higher aspirations, the ways of God. When someone's fighting over inherited goods, Jesus tells the story about the rich man who dies suddenly. What happens to the goods? Well, you can't take them with you. And that famous final line of the gospel, so it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich towards God. We're getting a reality check today. Where are our hearts right now? Are we putting all of our confidence in the gospel of politics or in ourselves or our own ability to heal ourselves? Or are we aspiring to the higher gifts of God. Do we like the gospel of primetime better than the gospel of Jesus Christ? Here's what I mean by this. Over the past several weeks, I've witnessed this new tension, this tension among friends, among the community, Um, After so many summertime tragedies this year, I've witnessed some kind of tension escalate to a point where old friends are drawing lines in the sand and people are cutting off communication from one another. And everyone starts pointing fingers and blaming one another as suddenly they can no longer be in relationship with them over politics, a difference of opinion, over different ways to get to a variety of ideas about what a better world might actually look like? Have we ever thought about the fact that maybe our own political leanings are causing us to store up some kind of personal intellectual treasure upon Earth for ourselves? Instead of a burning... Passionate love for God and a self-emptying, agape-type love for others. We need to step back and understand why, why we're hearing what we're hearing today. Last week, we heard a story about how to pray the Lord's Prayer and especially how to live every day of our lives in the position of asking God for what we need. God wants us to ask. And then our lectionary edits out a bunch of little small stories of Jesus railing against the Pharisees, the religious establishment, and their inability to be in relationship with anyone other than themselves. Jesus calls them out over and over again at their unwillingness to relate to their fellow human beings and their fellow people. Their hypocrisy of appearing pious in public, but committing acts of horror against their families or God in the shadows. Jesus changes this. Jesus calls his disciples to walk in the light, to not hide under a bushel, but to realize that whatever happens in the dark will at some point be heard in the light, so live as children of light. The story we hear today follows this. When Jesus hears about a man fighting with his brothers over an inheritance, his gut instinct is not to solve the problem about which things need to be divided among the survivors. No. He instead begins to talk about detaching from things and straight in to talking about the importance of relationship. Every time we have a baptism here or we remember our baptism, we recite the Apostles' Creed. And it always says in that that we believe in the communion of saints and the forgiveness of sins. The communion of saints and the forgiveness of sins. We say that every time we have a baptism, that the saints of God, that all people... Who are created by God have inherent worth. That God's ultimate dream for us is to dwell with all these saints of God in a kingdom that Jesus is proclaiming and setting up for us. That we are to dwell in that kingdom of God with all people while at the same time asking God to forgive us our sins As we forgive those who sin against us. Relationships are far more important than things. So back to the parable. When Jesus teaches to not store up treasures upon earth for ourselves, but instead be rich to God and live life for others, he's asking us to focus on the things in life that matter. The things that matter. Love, reconciliation, redemption. The things that are real treasures, real gifts, friends, family, community, relationships. These things even surpass time. For example, loving people who have now gone but are still close to us in our hearts. Or loving our neighbors who have supported us during the past, during our times of illness or times of trial. And loving the people sitting next to you in the pews right now. Really offering them your love and your hope for their greatest good. Even even when their outlook on life or our world or the politics of our country might be wildly different than yours. The treasure is them. And Jesus is telling us to look at one another as treasure, as something far more valuable than any earthly good, that the people, you and me, are the treasures that make us rich with God. The kingdom of God calls us to dream. And our dream in this parable is that if we can learn to aspire to be rich with God and to honor, respect, and love our neighbors as ourselves here at church in this community, then we can just begin, yes, we can begin to teach other people in our world how to do this as well. Yes, we can. It's not just for someone else to do. It's not just for me, the priest. It's not just for the leaders of the church. It's not just for your boss to do or for your coach or for your team lead or your professor or for your parents to do. And it is most certainly not solely in the jurisdiction of government to do. This is our work to do together. We do this work together with Jesus. We learn how to be rich with God through Jesus. A quote was used this past week that was first attributed to President Theodore Roosevelt, the person whom Roosevelt Street, which goes right in front of this church, was named. In a speech delivered at the Sorbonne in Paris in 1910, Roosevelt said, There is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. Jesus calls us to dare greatly and love, to reject the gospel of prime time with its thrills and glamour and empty promises, but in to get into the arena instead and love in a way that is more powerful and stronger and timeless in a way that will be here today and here tomorrow. I want to ask that when you drive by, or you're on a nightly walk and you walk by, or during your work week, you see the sign that says Roosevelt Street, and automatically think of Trinity Cathedral and our community and that call from Jesus to go into the arena and dare greatly and to love, to love so much you might shed a few of the treasures that you've stored up for yourself and instead take on richness in God that makes you live for the kingdom of God and for others. This is our work, to become rich in God because we value the valuable things in the kingdom of God. We value our greatest treasure given to us, other people, in relationship, in community. We value one another. Jesus lived a life without treasures for himself, but instead took on richness for God and a love for all people, so much so That he gave everything of himself to usher in the beloved kingdom of God. Today we're called to do the same.